Hi, this is Megan Cloherty, investigative reporter for WTOP News. If you like top news from WTOP, we think you'll love our new podcast called the DMV Download, where we take a more in-depth look at the biggest local stories of the day happening in our area. We hope you check it out. Another update from the National Hurricane Center. Ian's maximum sustained winds are now 60 miles an hour. It's about 45 miles to the northeast of Florence, South Carolina. Our area is bracing for what will be a very wet and windy night. Live updates from Storm Team 4's Steve Prince of Valley. Stay with your weather alert station for the latest. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. I'm Tom Foti in Washington. After all that destruction that it caused in Florida, Ian is no hurricane anymore, but it remains a big threat along coastal South Carolina and points north. I'm Steve Dresner, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. The winds of Ian have arrived after making landfall, flooding, storm surges become an issue with a growing number of power outages. Plenty of debris around the city, anywhere from barbecues, lounge chairs, to even kids' toys we've seen. For the most part, people have adhered to the advisories as Ian passes up the Carolina coast. And back down in Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis. Rescue personnel have gone to more than 3,000 homes in the hardest hit areas, uh, going door to door to check on the occupants of those residences. CBS News correspondent Chris Van Cleve is in one of the hardest hit areas, that is Fort Myers. Trees are down everywhere. That took power lines down, drinking water, uh, running water is a big problem here. About those down power lines, there are enough of them to keep some two million Floridians, customers, power customers, in the dark another night. In Moscow, Russian President Putin disregards pretty much the rest of the world, announces a land grab of some 15% of Ukraine. President Biden says the U.S. will never recognize that while in Kiev. A defiant President Zelensky officially applied for a fast track to NATO membership. Maybe more symbolic than realistic, it would require a unanimous vote and place NATO and the U.S. in a direct military confrontation with Russia. CBS News correspondent Charlie Daggett. Late word, the Justice Department is asking an appellate court to overrule a Florida judge appointed by Donald Trump on key issues in the Mar-a-Lago seizure case, that on an expedited basis. And in Washington... They waited until the 11th hour, but Congress has approved a government spending plan that prevents a shutdown and keeps federal government programs funded at the current level through December, when they'll have to fight this battle again. The plan also includes billions of dollars to support Ukraine and billions of dollars for disaster recovery from Western wildfires to the hurricanes. Correspondent Scott McFarlane, a new California law to stop other states from punishing children who go to California. The law, when it takes effect in January, will essentially counter attempts by other states to punish children who come to California to get transgender surgeries. Texas, for example, has passed a law that allows some children to be removed from their parents if the children have the surgeries or other treatments. Correspondent Steve Futterman in L.A. This is CBS News. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Visit LibertyMutual.com to learn more. 803 here on WTOP. It's Friday night, September 30th, 2022. We've got 59 degrees in Roslyn, expecting heavy rain and high winds over the weekend. Good evening, I'm Dimitri Sotis with the top local stories we're following this hour. We just got a new update from the federal government, the National Hurricane Center, about Ian. 
Uh, it is no longer a hurricane. It has not been for hours. It's got 60-mile-an-hour top-sustained winds, and it's northeast of Florence, South Carolina currently. What does all this mean for our area over the weekend? We take you live to Storm Team 4, Steve Prince of Valley. Dimitri, already we're seeing the rain bands heavy at times that are pushing up through port, parts of Virginia. And right now, specifically in the Richmond area, a very intense band of rain that is moving northward. So that will get into the Fredericksburg area here for the next hour or so. We will see the rain pick up in intensity. The winds will gust as well, perhaps up to 50 miles an hour in places like southern Maryland and the Blue Ridge, where we have wind advisories posted. And yes, that water will pile up along the Chesapeake, hence we have cold Coastal flood warnings for St. Mary's County, coastal flood advisories for the Arlington, Falls Church, Alexandria areas, including the District of Columbia, as well as Anne Arundel and Calvert County. So multiple hazards here, plus isolated tornadoes, always possible with these uh, post-tropical cyclones as they come ashore. I will have the forecast that does include some hope by the time we end the next week after a few very rainy days. Plus, we'll talk about how much rain we can receive in totality. All that coming up on Weather on the 8th. All right. Thank you, Steve. Now, speaking of those rainy days Steve was talking about in parts of Maryland, government agencies and residents were considering worst-case scenarios now as they're getting ready for the remnants of the end this weekend. WTOP's Michelle Bash reporting from Southern Maryland in the town of Chesapeake Beach. The town is offering fill-them-yourself sandbags to residents. Nathan Koontz picked some up. I live right on the water, so just in case. It's all about being prepared and protecting your property. Usually we do okay. Like when Hurricane Sandy came in, that was that was bad. Maryland Governor Larry Hogan says the state has been busy, too, clearing drainage ditches, tasking state troopers to monitor areas of flash flooding, and activating an emergency management team. In Chesapeake Beach, Michelle Bash, WTOP News. WTOP is your weather alert station with up-to-the-minute information all weekend long on air and online about the remnants of what was at one time a very powerful hurricane, as you know, moving up through our area. Stay with us here for traffic and weather on the 8s and when it breaks. Other news. This is breaking tonight. Seven D.C. police officers who serve in Southeast have been taken off the streets after being accused of not properly handling interactions with people found with illegal drugs. WTOP's Mike Marillo has that. This matter is serious. D.C. Police Chief Robert Conti says an internal investigation that included comparing body camera footage to officer reports found that during several recent seizures of illegal guns. The firearm was taken and placed into evidence. However, the suspect was allowed to go free. He says that's not supposed to happen. That does not make communities safer when we allow people, in some instances, potentially armed felons, to go to go on about their business and just recover the firearm. The investigation began after a community complaint against officers back on September the 11th. Conti says with the findings, several other members of the 7th District Crime Suppression Team have been temporarily reassigned as well. Mike Marillo, WTOP News. So, you know those six metro stations south of Reagan National Airport that have been shut down? They're going to be closed longer than we all expected. Metro now says they won't reopen until Saturday, November 5th. They blame what they call unexpected site conditions for this delay. On top of all that, WTOP's Ann Kramer tells us a new station won't be running until next year. Metro says it will not be able to open the Potomac Yard station this year after all, and it's blaming the contractor for failing to meet the project delivery schedule. The two sides are now working on a new schedule. The contractor, Capital Delivery, says their team has been working around the clock to meet the schedule, but they're not able to do that. The contractor's executive vice president went on to apologize to its customers in the city of Alexandria for the inconvenience. Capital Delivery says it's working as quickly as possible to deliver a high-quality station and move the project forward in a safe and responsible way. Metro says it's committed to resolving the scheduling issues. 
Ann Kramer, WTOP News. There is so much devastation in Florida that even an excellent response by the federal government and state government may not be enough to get this done quickly, but we know that all of the government employees are doing their best to help people in Florida tonight. We'll hear from a crisis and disaster specialist about the work ahead for Floridians as they recover from what was Hurricane Ian. That is coming up right after traffic and weather. We'll find out about our local forecast here on WTOP. Stay with us. Here's Amanda Warfield, the Vice President of Program Integrity for Technology Services at OptumServe. On the discussion, staying ahead of fraud, waste, and abuse, sponsored by OptumServe. We use a lot of different techniques, things like entity matching, which is technology designed to really pair two different data sets together and boil it down to this is the same entity in this one and, and that one, so that you can do those further downstream types of analytics and reporting. Listen to the entire discussion on Federal News Network. Search OptumServe. As the federal health services business of Optum and United Health Group, OptumServe offers federal agencies the robust health IT solutions that have proven successful at one of the largest healthcare organizations in the world, United Health Group. Our extensive healthcare knowledge combined with our end-to-end -end technology and services allows us to be a unique partner to help federal agencies tackle challenges like fraud and abuse. To learn more, visit OptumServe.com. That's OptumServe.com. Slow or clogged drains? Call Michael and Son and get $100 off at train cleaning today. Traffic and weather on the 8s with Bob Imler in the traffic center. In Virginia on uh, 20, on, uh, let me try this again. Southbound traffic on 95, briefly still getting over the Occoquan. And on Van Dorn Street near King Center Drive, police are on the scene of a crash in Kingstown, uh, just south of the Beltway. Meanwhile, traffic on 66 is running all right. They should have that crash out of the roadway eastbound after Route 28 now. And uh, southbound on Route 28 in Manassas near Spruce Street, uh, police are on the scene of a crash. Things are in pretty good shape on the Beltway through Tyson's. Interlude just briefly slow at the American Legion Bridge. On the Maryland Beltway, all is quiet through Montgomery and Prince George's counties. 50 out to the Bay Bridge is all but cleared out. But in Columbia, the crash does remain southbound on 29 at Route 32 and still squeezing by there to the right around this crash. Northbound, the travel lanes are open. 95 Baltimore-Washington Parkway and 270, each running very well. Visit Fitzmall.com to find a safe used car. Fitzgerald has hundreds of cars, trucks, and SUVs next to a new car. A Fitzway used car is best. Visit Fitzmall.com today. Bob Inler, WTLP Traffic. Storm Team 4, Steve Brinzavalli. Bands of heavy rain expected tonight from what is left of Ian, now a post-tropical cyclone as it came ashore in Georgetown, South Carolina earlier this afternoon. While its winds will weaken, it will still be a prolific rain producer, maybe with two to three inches of rain before the weekend is done. Periods of rain tonight will be heavy at times with gusty winds that could topple trees and power lines. We're in the 50s overnight and uh, occasional rain drizzle tomorrow breezy and cool temperatures in the 50s we have wind advisories posted for the blue ridge calvert and st mary's county into early saturday and coastal flood warnings in advisories on sunday a steadier rain with more flooding possible upper 50s i'm storm team 4 meteorologist steve prince of valley keeping an eye naturally on storm team 4 radar and i can tell you right around the beltway and the close-in suburbs we're getting some rain but it's really quite light when you compare to what's happening south of fredericksburg the charlottesville area richmond petersburg virginia beach they've really been taking uh, the brunt of it here as some of the remnants of this storm are uh, moving north naturally and that's our concern for the whole weekend so i would say light to moderate rain right around dc and montgomery prince george's fairfax counties much heavier rain to the south if you're moving south on 95 this evening 
Temperatures, DuPont Circle 59, Germantown 54, and Annandale 58. Some of us down to the 40s late tonight. We're brought to you by Long Fence. Save 15% on Long Fence decks, pavers, and fences. Go to longfence.com today and schedule your free in-home estimate. 8-11 on WTOP, continuing coverage of what was Hurricane Ian, which dropped from a hurricane to a post-tropical cyclone this afternoon as it moved across South Carolina and up toward our area. It's destroyed at least four piers in the Myrtle Beach area. Now, the National Hurricane Center says that Ian, which carved a swath of massive destruction across Florida earlier in the week, has maximum sustained winds of 60 miles an hour now. They have just dropped with an update from the National Hurricane Center. It hit Florida's Gulf Coast as a powerful Category 4 hurricane, flooding homes and leaving nearly 3 million customers without power. We discussed the long road ahead for Florida's recovery with crisis and disaster specialist Edward Siegel. The first reaction most people have, including myself, is, you know, shock and awe. It looks more like a disaster movie from Hollywood than a real-life disaster. That really underscores the magnitude, the significance, and the consequences of a crisis just like that. And unfortunately, very few people, companies, or organizations ever fully prepared for a crisis. So this is a disaster of historic proportions. It's good to have a plan. If you didn't have one, what do you do now? Well, because of the size and scope of this disaster, it's important to turn to those people who can help. The good news is that FEMA and state and federal agencies are on the job. FEMA actually did the right thing several days ago, and they pre-positioned supplies and personnel and other resources throughout Florida so they would not waste a second of time after it was safe to provide help to the victims. The other challenge, though, is because there's more than 2 million people who don't have power or water or any ways to communicate. It's adding a crisis on top of a crisis and making it almost impossible for people to reach out to the people who can help them. So this is a disaster on a lot of different levels. The challenges of communications and power are going to add several layers of difficulty and challenges to this already disastrous situation. You talked about the utility. I happened to see Florida Power and Light did the same as FEMA, and that is in places that were considered safe. That's where they collected their transformers, their other equipment, so that when the weather clears, they could get in there. I don't know how well that's going, but at least the utility gave it a try to be prepared. It's important that they're doing what they can and they're doing their best, but it's also important to be as innovative and creative as possible. I know from previous disasters, the high-tech industry really stepped up with technology and strategies and tactics to help turn power on, whether it's literally parachuting uh, satellite phones or many internet connections to make it easy as possible. We might be looking at the, the necessary to do the equivalent of the old Berlin airlift that help people in the Berlin Wall and do essentially a Florida airlift to parachute where it is safe and appropriate to do so. Supplies, communications, equipment, medical supplies, whatever people are going to need to help get through what is going to be a very long recovery process. This is a historic crisis, but it's also going to require a historic recovery process. It does appear that the federal government is off to a very good start by the way it is marshalling its uh, expertise and resources. Everyone seems to be working together, which is always a good sign in any crisis. But it's important to keep in mind that this massive recovery is going to be a marathon, not a sprint. And it's going to require hundreds of billions of dollars and many years for the state to bounce back. 
it's important to keep in mind what happened to other cities and other parts of the country after similar devastating storms. For example, there are parts of New Orleans that are still recovering from Hurricane Katrina that hit the city in 2005. Puerto Rico is still recovering from the 2017 Hurricane Maria when it was hit last week by Hurricane Fiona. Crisis and disaster specialist Edward Siegel on Skype. He's the author of the recent book, Crisis Ahead, 101 Ways to Prepare for and Bounce Back from Disasters, Scandals, and Other Emergencies. Stay with us for continuing coverage of what is left of Hurricane Ian tonight on WTOP. Hey, Montgomery County, it's time for you to get a little boost to fight off COVID-19. It's time for everyone, especially older adults, to max your vax. A booster shot is safe and enhances your protection from the virus. You can set the example by getting another shot that will keep you, your family, and your friends healthy. If you already have one booster, get your second one too. Visit MontgomeryCountyMD.gov for more information. Max your vax, Montgomery County. Get your booster shot today. Sports at 15 and 45, powered by Red River. Technology decisions aren't black and white. Think red. Let's go to Frank Hanrahan. All right, Nationals game tonight uh, rained out. They're going to try to make it up tomorrow night at 7.05. They also have a uh, game scheduled for 1 o'clock tomorrow. That's a split doubleheader, but that's a big if because the uh, forecast does not look that great to get baseball in tomorrow. The Nationals did play a game earlier today at Nats Park, and they lost to the Phillies 5-1. to one. Obviously, yeah, struggling offensively. Eric Fetty took the loss for the Nationals. Orioles right now leading the Yankees as they play this one in the fifth inning. One zip from New York. Aaron Judge on the night, one of two, but no homers yet. He's seeking home run 62 for the Yankees. Commander seeking win number two Sunday at Dallas. No center Wes Schweitzer because he's out with a concussion. Patriots quarterback Mac Jones out for Sunday's game against the Packers with a badly sprained ankle. Caps Red Wings scoreless after one period preseason hockey from Detroit. Frank Hanran, WCOP Sports. Top stories we're following for you tonight on WTOP. Storm surge remains a concern as Ian has been battering the Carolinas after making landfall between Myrtle Beach and Charleston this afternoon in the 2 o'clock hour. It smashed at least four piers in the Myrtle Beach area. Ian is no longer a hurricane. Its winds are at 60 miles per hour. As the storm spins north, rain is affecting our area. It'll get heavier and the winds more intense right around here. That's why you want to stay close to WTOP. Of all our troubles right now, this is not one of them. We don't have to worry about the federal government shutting down at midnight because President Biden signed a spending bill earlier this evening. It keeps things going through mid-December. Alexandria has told Virginia state leaders it will not follow proposed policies on the treatment of transgender students. The governor says school personnel and other students cannot be forced to address students by their chosen name and identified pronouns. People running Alexandria schools say that policy is discriminatory toward LGBTQ people, and they won't follow it. Stay with WTOP for more about all this in minutes. 818. Traffic and weather on the 8s. When it breaks, we're back with Bob Imler in the Traffic Center. In Springfield, listener has the crash on the ramp from westbound 644 that takes you eventually onto the outer loop of the Beltway toward the Woodrow-Wilson Bridge. Single vehicle crash has the ramp blocked, at least for now. You can get on 395 north from that ramp, but not... Uh, continue on to the Beltway Outer Loop, not affecting the lanes on 95 itself. On 66, we're in pretty good shape both ways, but Manassas still has the crash southbound on 28 after Yorkshire Lane at Spruce Street, and uh, 95 is running pretty well. Springfield, uh, most of the way to uh, to Fredericksburg and beyond, you may slow briefly 
at Woodbridge at Route 123. Maryland side still working on the crash at Columbia, southbound on 29 to Route 32. believe they're now just opening all the lanes, and uh, speeds are starting to pick up. Northbound lanes are open. 50 out to the Bay Bridge is all but cleared out. 95 in the Baltimore-Washington Parkway doing all right. Same with 270. Bob Inler, WTOP Traffic. Storm Team 4, Steve Prince Valley here. Of course, keeping an eye on where Ian is now, still uh, in the Carolinas. But what's the situation with what's going to happen around here, Steve? Yeah, well, it's just beginning right now, Dimitri. That is some of the bands of rain pushing up. Still, as you've mentioned, light rain generally in the WTOP listening area, but that will change over the next few hours. Uh, just north of Richmond, um, there's a pretty good band of rain that will be moving northward along I-95. So I expect that to rotate northward into the area, getting towards Fredericksburg as you head towards 9 o'clock, 9.30, and then stretching farther north. So overnight tonight is when there will be some heavy rain, maybe 1 to 2 inches. And before the weekend is done, Actually, I should say, you know, right on through Monday, you know, because this is going to be a long-lived event. We're talking about two to three inches with some isolated amounts, maybe even higher than that. Heaviest looks like it'll be across portions of southern Maryland just with uh, its close proximity to the storm and also that uh, strong fetch of uh, easterly breezes right off the ocean that will scoop up even more moisture. We also have the threat for uh, some gusty winds, hence we have the... Um, uh, wind advisories that are for Calvert and St. Mary's counties tonight and the Blue Ridge, plus the coastal flood warning, coastal flood advisories for southern Maryland, the lower Potomac. So a lot to talk about. But again, flooding will be a major hazard. Turn around, don't drown, as you've been hearing in our reports tonight. Temperatures stay in the 50s for much of the weekend. Heaviest rain will come overnight tonight and then another batch on Sunday when a low pressure area and the cold front associated with Ian push through the area. Temperatures again staying in the 50s, just some light rain and drizzle around tomorrow. Steadier rain later on Sunday with flooding possible, mainly river and stream flooding. Temperatures on Sunday in the 50s. Monday, rain diminishes to showers, a breezy cool day. Highs in the upper 50s by Tuesday. Finally, we get some sunshine back after an early shower, topping off on Tuesday in the middle 60s. Numbers right now, it is 57 in Newington, 56 in Charlotte Hall. Dimitri. Thank you, Steve. That is brought to you by New Look Home Design. Pay for half your new roof later and half never. Ahead on WTOP. A new bridge for some people to get across the Potomac River. I'm Neil Augenstein. Stay close tonight and all weekend to your weather alert station. It's 821. And now from WTOP Small Business September Series, presented by Eagle Bank, here's Jack McDougall, President and CEO of the Greater Washington Board of Trade. Particularly for small businesses on the on the pay side, I think that's a real challenge. What I think is emerging, though, what you see out there is more and more employees are looking for a sense of purpose. And so it's mission-driven. And so I think organizations right now that have a really compelling mission value or a purpose value proposition are attracting people. And so and I think that's true at the, at the small business level, particularly in the nonprofits as well as at larger companies. And so there's a real emphasis on that. I think one of the things the pandemic did for all of us is it just caused us to take a pause and rethink. To hear more of this interview, visit WTOP and search Small Business September. To learn more about how Eagle Bank can help your business grow, go to EagleBankCorp.com. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Eagle Bank, building business, building relationships. Great to have you here at 822. Here's Matt Mandrock, the head of U.S. public sector at Zoom on Workplace Reimagined, sponsored by Zoom. Employees now are demanding autonomy, flexibility, and most important, the need for technology to support the way of working. The government is needing to you know, meet these fast-changing demands, and it's essential for a virtual experience to be as good as, if not better, than an in-person experience. Listen to the entire discussion on Federal News Network. Search Zoom. 
Across the virtual halls of government, federal employees trust Zoom for government communications and collaboration and to engage with the public in serving their mission. Zoom for government with ATOs across the federal spectrum is U.S.-based, using the AWS GovCloud and two co-located data centers. Zoom has authorizations and attestations with FedRAMP, DOD's impact level classification, FIPS 140 cryptography, and supports over 300 NIST controls. Learn more at Carasoft.com slash Zoom. Washington, D.C.'s weather alert station, 24-7, 365, WTOP. It's 823. The movement to get people out of cars and onto bikes is taking a huge step forward in Arlington. WTOP's Neil Augenstein tells us what's going on. Virginia Senator Mark Warner handed over $20 million in federal funding to build the Long Bridge Bicycle and Pedestrian Crossing over the Potomac River. The bike trail from D.C. to Arlington that will connect with the Mount Vernon Trail. Funding still needed for the parallel rail bridge that would double the capacity at what's been the choke point for trains on the East Coast. We've got to get the rail bridge created that will be dedicated to passenger rail. Right now, the one bridge is shared with freight rail. Freight rail gets first dibs. Warner says he'll be asking for a large contribution from the feds to build the rail bridge. Neil Loggenstein, WTL some D.C. drivers could see their vehicles impounded under a bill before the D.C. Council. The so-called Reckless Driver Accountability Act targets drivers with at least five moving violations, drivers with at least three tickets for speeding 25 miles an hour over the limit, and drivers with three tickets for running a red light. Their cars would be impounded unless they take a driver education class. The bill was introduced by Council Member Elisa Silverman, who announced, in fact, introduced a bill that would prevent D.C. government's non-emergency vehicles from going more than 40 miles an hour, unless there's a clear reason. It's 825. We've got money news, 25 and 55. Let's go to Larry Kofsky. This is a Bloomberg Money Minute. Another ugly day closed out Wall Street's worst month since April. Interest rate worries continue to keep investors on their heels. Dow Industrials tumbled 500. The S&P 500 fell 55. The Nasdaq dropped 162. Hopes that the worst of the inflation surges behind us boosted consumer sentiment this month. Latest reading from the University of Michigan shows an easing of long-term inflation expectations to the lowest level in almost a year and a half. Tesla is expected to announce record third-quarter deliveries once sales end at midnight. Fourth-quarter sales could be even bigger. Reuters reports Tesla plans to boost output of its Model 3 and Model Y in the coming months. Hyundai may try to speed up plans for an EV factory in Savannah, Georgia. The not-yet-started plant is currently set to open in early 2025. The Korean automaker may try to bring that forward to October 2024. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Larry Kofsky on WTOP. And we should again remind you just how terrible a month it was on Wall Street. The Dow fell nearly 9%. NASDAQ down 10% for the month. S&P fell 9% for this month. Let's see what happens in October with money news at 25 and 55. The National Hurricane Center is warning that the post-tropical cyclone that was Hurricane Ian remains dangerous. It's got 60-mile-an-hour sustained winds. WTOP Steve Dresner was in Myrtle Beach when the storm came ashore earlier. He will give us a live report from down there coming up after traffic and weather. Everything I know about marijuana, I learned back when me and my friends had mullets. Yeah, I guess I got some catching up to do. And I'm curious about medical marijuana. It's legal in my state, I think. But is it right for me? Ugh. Where can I get reliable, professional answers to my questions?